NL Biz with Bill Alt talking to the founders, risk takers, and entrepreneurs behind some of Canada's growing number of outdoor related businesses and startups. Conversations about the highs and lows of doing business in Canada, and advice to those thinking about heading down that path. Welcome to NL Biz, business in northern latitudes. Meet Kristen Carrier, co-founder of Seven Summit Snacks and whose journey embodies the spirit of challenge and the pursuit of excellence. Kristen is here to share her journey from the initial spark of inspiration from personal tragedy and the world's great summits to the gritty realities of starting and scaling a business in a fiercely competitive industry. Welcome to NL Biz, Kristen. Thank you. Can you tell me the story of how this all started? Absolutely. So we have two kind of uh, points of origin for us. One is that I'm a chocolate scientist, so I'm a food scientist who works in the chocolate biz. And I used to live in Europe, come home at Christmas. My sister, who is a triathlete, said to me one day, she's like, can we eat chocolate instead of like energy bars and, and carbohydrate gels? And I never thought about it before. And I was like, actually, yeah, chocolate makes a good source of fuel. So um, as a runner myself, I kind of just sat and thought about it for a little while. And then later that year, my um, partner was going to climb Mount Everest. So I went with him to Nepal, came back to my home at the time. And then I woke up one night when he was in Nepal and I was like, it's called Seven Summit Snacks and had this epiphany. It was based on the seven summits. We'd make enough fuel for an hour of activity and looked at the time and thought, oh, that's the time that Robin should be on the summit. And then I found out two hours later that that was the time he had summited and then shortly passed away. So it was like this gift from beyond that uh, inspired our brand and and uh, got us set up to, to keep going. Okay, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> um, okay, so seven summits, just for those of you who don't know, is in reference to the seven highest peaks on the con. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So we're an aspirational brand. Our flavors are based on on those mountain peaks. So we have an Everest, a Denali, and an Aconcagua bar out on the market right now. And what's a chocolate scientist? That's yeah. a term I, have, I haven't heard that before. <laughs> so I'm a food scientist. So someone who studies the, the chemistry and uh, physical properties of food, puts it all together in a way that you like. And because I've always spent my time or most of my time in the chocolate industry, I by proxy call myself a chocolate scientist. <laughs> there are worse titles to have, you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you come up, you wake up, you're lying awake one night and yeah. you come up with this name. Yeah. And that's the easy part. I've done that a bunch of times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> what happens next? What happens next? Yeah. So I was living in England at in the time I moved home to Edmonton. It was clear I needed to come back to Canada. I, as again, as a chocolate scientist, I tried to find a job in Edmonton. That just wasn't going to happen. So well, I started my own company instead. I knew I wanted to keep, keep working in the chocolate space. And with my, this idea that my sister and I had, we just couldn't find a product like that on the market. So something that was really tasty and delicious that you'd actually look forward to eating while you're out there on your adventures. We would take chocolate bars with us, like take us, I'd always have a Snickers bar or something like that. But We've just tidied it up. So to us, we wanted to ensure we had good quality chocolate that was ethically sourced and then really ingredients that you knew and understand that would give you the fuel and the energy that you needed. So 
it was kind of just the, the path was quite clear because I couldn't find anything conventional to do. And so I thought, you know what, let's just start this business and see where it goes. You have this concept of a chocolate product. How do you make it? How do yeah. you, you know, where, where does your packaging, how does that all start? How does that come about? Well, we uh, were gifted with a whole bunch of free time because uh, we started this company in the pandemic. So um, again, having my, my technical kind of background, I was able to source and uh, create the bars basically in my kitchen at home. And then we validated the product by going on Facebook groups and finding people who wanted to taste chocolate for free uh, and fill in a survey. So again, was it really that difficult to find over a hundred folks in Western Canada who are like, yeah, I'll have some free chocolate for a survey. Our criteria was that you had to be outdoors and active. And again, during the pandemic, this was a time where people were, were finding, trying to find things to do. Online shopping was also something that they were willing and able to do the first bars we sent them were free so they could give us feedback on the recipe and then after we got their feedback we tweaked the recipe and we launched our brand online so back end of 2020 we started a shopify business where we were selling our bars to basically the community of folks who validated our products for us over the summer what were the big hurdles at the beginning i think sourcing is was and continues to be a, a hurdle for us so price increases, we are all hearing about them in the grocery store. That's because the cost of materials are forever skyrocketing as well. Um, so getting that cash flow and that cash up front, we were self-funded um, at the beginning to, to buy enough chocolate, to buy the packaging. We wanted to make sure that we really showed up professionally from the beginning because the, the standard for the category is so high. We wanted to be taken seriously from the get-go. So we put, we put a lot of money into having high-quality functional packaging. So finding people who would do packaging for us in Canada in small volumes was, was important, and we, and we did find that. And then, yeah, just managing the cost, making sure it's profitable and trying to make sure that folks are getting their, their products in a high quality way. How hard is all of this because you're in Canada? Do you think it would be easier if you were in Europe? That's a great question. I think it's a little bit harder because the Canadian consumer is a little bit more discerning than, I'm going to say, has higher expectations on a functional product than other places. The other kind of caveat to that is generally Canadians, we see chocolate as a treat, kind of a reward. And here we're trying to break the messaging down to say, hey, chocolate can be functional fuel, it's something you can have daily if you're going to be out and active. So I used to live in Europe, people who are living in Germany, France, Switzerland, they have chocolate naturally, they're the highest consumers of chocolate in, in the world. So me having to convince someone who's already used to knowing that chocolate's good for them when they're hiking, exploring, cycling. Um, I don't need to sell it to them. Here in Canada, sometimes getting that messaging across is, is a little counterintuitive to folks. Is part of it because Canadians were very suspicious of newer and smaller brands, I think? Uh, potentially that. I think you're also suspicious, like us as a nation, we're suspicious of magic bullets or or emperor's new clothes type of products. So it's good that we're so skeptical. It requires our, our producers to have high quality products. And so that makes sure that we are A, doing what we say we're doing on the packaging. So making sure our chocolate's actually fueling you, which again, we've, we've fueled thousands of adventures now. And B, that we're really showing up from a quality perspective as well. So it's 
the Canadians, it's like, if we can meet that Canadian standard and be successful here, I feel like we're going to be even more successful um, as we grow as an international business. You have plans to go international with your products? Absolutely. Our, our goal by the end of this year is to get into some stores in the United States. We are actually about to go to Japan to do a trade show there. We've been working with Agriculture Alberta, who uh, supports small businesses in Alberta with importing their products. So we're going to see what kind of market is there and hopefully Europe in the two year, next two years after that. Customer engagement has been really important to you. How do you keep that going? What, what, what's your secret to ongoing customer engagement? Yeah, we try and um, do that in a couple different ways. It's easiest here in Edmonton. We offer a free outdoor event every month on the 7th of every month, a social, where we're trying to encourage people to get outside and be active. Yeah, and without any barriers. As we grow outside of Edmonton, we've put on some virtual challenges in the past, and we also sponsor events. So Part of the way we get our uh, our brand name out there is by sponsoring mountain bike, trail running, triathlon type events in places outside of Edmonton. So we've done that in Victoria. We've done that in Revelstoke. We've done that in, in Calgary and Canmore as well. So right now, I know because you told me this, you're gonna <laughs> have, you have some crowdfunding going on. What's that all about? Yeah, so we've been in business since the beginning of 2020, where we had our three core flavors launched. Our current community is hungry for new flavors. So they've been on this journey with us for four years now, and they're looking and hungry for something new. So as part of that, uh, and a way to build engagement, give our community exclusive first access to our new flavors, we're crowdfunding. And so that's basically collecting the pre-orders for our two new flavors, uh, our Karsten's uh, Pyramid, which is espresso and vanilla and then our Vincent massive flavor which is dark chocolate and mint so um, by supporting the crowdfunding they're getting uh, first access before the stores get it and yeah we're taking those pre-orders what are your other flavors go run run through the flavors for me. yeah so um our everest which is our pinnacle um is our dark dark chocolate with goji berries and himalayan salt our aconcagua second highest peak we're using peruvian dark chocolate golden berries and cocoa nibs and then we have the milk chocolate for the masses which is our denali bar inspired by a pb and j sandwich an adventurer's favorite so we've got peanut butter blended in there with wild blueberries so we're really taking the the mountain as our as our flavor kind of our flavor beacon and we choose ingredients from the region that are inspired and put those in the bars what's your process to come up with a flavor it's this chocolate scientist thing, but yes. I mean, how, like, how does your brain work when it comes to that? That's really interesting. Yeah, and I think that's it. So I take some direction from from the region. So I so again, like, we know for for Everest, for instance. Well, what are things that grow in in that part of Asia? Well, goji berries are a unique are unique and energizing superfood and then Himalayan salt they're bringing you those extra minerals so we're kind of using the regional flavor profile and that comes from my decade plus experience as a chocolate scientist is understanding what regional flavor profiles are popular and then we take from there then the next thing we do is we go back to our community. So that community engagement piece, I'll put a vote out uh, on our through our newsletter, through our social media to say, hey, we're thinking about these new flavors now. You give us a vote. So we go, I'll, I'll think up of about five different combinations. I'll have put that out to a vote and then I'll prototype up the two top, two top favorites that the, the crowd has told us is what they want to see. 
Then again, I send them some more free chocolate. They fill in a survey for me and, and we go from there on the best, best recipes. So that customer engagement piece is really important to us. It brings the community along. They're always getting that kind of first taste at what we're trying to create. So it keeps them loyal to the brand because they're really part of the process. And something that we all talk about now when it comes to business, and it doesn't seem to matter what business it is, it's the sustainability and social responsibility aspects of things. What are you doing on your sustainability and social responsibility side, Kristen? That's, Absolutely. The, that's the question. So as someone who's um, been working in the chocolate industry again for like well over a decade now, the biggest thing there is ethically sourced chocolate. So that's ensuring that there's a social program in place to the cocoa growers and the cocoa farming community, uh, making sure that they have better access to schools, uh, roads and, and water, also empowering them to um, and women within the community to uh, develop their skills um, beyond just being mothers and family household runners. So we're ensuring that the cocoa that we source is coming from these um, ethically sourced and sustainable programs. And then the second big thing that we do from um, an environmental perspective is we're a 1% for the planet product. So 1% uh, of our gross uh, revenue at the end of the year is donated to 1% for the planet. It was formed by Patagonia well over 20 years ago now, uh, which ensures that there's um, uh, programs in place again to uh, for environmental stewardship. So for us, as someone who is an outdoor brand, outdoor aspiring brand, we want to make sure that we can protect the environment in which we, we would we like to play. And so we're doing that by donating 1% of our profits or not our profits, 1% of our total sales to, to the organization. How many people are involved in your company at this point? Yeah, so it's mostly me, but I do have a a t core team of uh, two other folks, so a core team of three of us, and we have uh, another three contractors that uh, support our business in, in smaller ways. So, uh, yeah, loosely, loosely, there's six of us trying to grow this business from the ground. What's it like trying to organize? Because I assume that they're not they're not all meeting in your living room. So, what do you do? <laughs> what are you doing to keep these six people? You know, well, working working towards the goal. You may assume incorrectly because. Oh, okay. Well, that 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 too can be true. <laughs> two of them. One is my sister, and one is my partner. So yes, there are very many meeting room, uh, living room meetings, and then uh, two of our contractors. We also do invite to our house the kitchen table rather than the living room. All right, um, I got that one. I got that one wrong. All right. That's small biz life, but no. Again, it's it's having weekly meetings. It's ensuring that they know what they're working on and what everyone's role is within the business. But because we are small business and it is often my partner and my sister making the critical decisions it could just be at dinner hey hey this came up today how are we going to tackle it and and then uh and that's how we move forward what do you do when your sister's halfway around the world and she's not available to get into your living room because she's literally it, there right yeah, now i, I know she's in, she's in columbia <laughs> yeah, no she's in columbia yeah, yeah. i was and, gonna say she's in columbia yeah and i had a critical question for her and thank goodness we can text message and and do it that way so uh yeah she she's part of the vetting process i pitched a product a question to her two days ago and and she came back with her advice so <laughs> and that's got to make it a little difficult I mean, it. sometimes it does getting back to when we were talking about doing this in Canada is sometimes it's, it's such a small market, but such a big country. Yeah. Like those two things kind of work together and at opposites at the same time, because it's like, I have a small market, so it's easy to focus in on my market, but at the same time, that small market stretches 
4,000 kilometers from Victoria to, you know, Halifax. Yeah, absolutely. And I think on that, it's that space is, can be the, con like, so a product or a brand or an experience can be the connection that bridges that 4,000 kilometer band. So for us, it's like, yeah, you like Seven Summits? Oh, you like Seven Summits chocolate? And yeah, you could be again in all the way in Newfoundland versus Victoria. <laughs> How does your distribution work? We are actually, this year is a big, big year for us. So until now, we've been doing distribution ourselves. We sell online, but we also have about 100 different retailers, independent stores uh, within Western Canada, which we ship out to directly, have that relationship with. But then we picked up two distributors this year. So this is going to allow us really to get into Eastern Canada, where we're not able to always have boots on the ground see what little pockets are taking off for us and then resource that accordingly. So we should be able to, yeah, be showing up in more of those kind of natural health food aisles in the supermarket and um, some of those hiking, running, cycling stores out in the eastern side of Canada, uh, I'm hoping by the summertime. So you can watch the space there. But if you're hungry, you can uh, order online and we'll ship out within the week to you. <laughs> get online what is the website before i forget to ask yep so we are seven summits snacks.com summits is plural a lot of folks forget that yeah <laughs> that little bit of english logic but you can google seven summit and you'd, you'd find us anyway uh you can follow us online on instagram and facebook as well what are some of the trends happening for your industry right now yeah, one of the biggest is prices rising because uh, cocoa is at its absolute highest it's ever been from a market price. So a lot of retailers and brands are trying to um, combat that in, in pricing somehow. We haven't quite seen what the prices are going to be for this year for us yet, so we'll see. But we're going to try and keep it keep it as it is to the consumer. And then again, it's it's that more sustainable sourcing. I think customers are demanding, which is they should, ethically sourced products and sustainably sourced products. So we're seeing more people in the industry show those kind of labels to the customer. And again, there's always a trend for healthy ingredients. So again, like, yes, I'm telling you, chocolate can be healthy for you. <laughs> Take my word for it. So it's, again, they're just, they're looking, consumers demand good tasting products. And so there's always, a, new brands showing up trying to deliver that. And at the end of the day, the customer will decide if it's tasty enough or not. And I, I hope that they think our stuff is tasty enough, so. What's your advice for anybody out there wanting to start a business besides lying awake at night and trying to think up names? Yeah, I think um, it would be, yeah, start writing those names down and just plug away at it a little bit at a time. I think having other people vet your idea is important. So going for coffee with people who are outside of your family to kind of say hey I'm thinking about this what do you think really make sure that there's a niche or not a niche a space for you in the market as well so are you answering your problem or if you're not are you passionate about it because if you are the same as many other companies out there then you've got to have a passion to push through and and market why you're going to be better or different to the other person that's out there so you've got to have passion or you've got to be solving the problem. Thanks, Kristen. And thank you for joining me on this first edition of NL Biz. You can check out all of Seven Summit Snacks products at their website at sevensummitsnacks.com. Questions or comments, email me at podcast at northernlatitudes.ca. Theme music is from Cody Martin and it's called The Metropolis Daybreak. Opening voiceover AI generated by Eleven Labs. And closing music from Landon Bailey called This Is Forever. 
I'm Bill Alt. Thank you for joining us on NL Biz. NL Biz is a Northern Latitudes podcast production. Thank you.